Trapcast Express. Tradcast Express, it's Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. Well, you've all heard about it. Chaos Frank has now approved blessings for sodomite couples. Yes, couples, not just individuals. On December 18th, 2023, the Vatican's Dicastery for the Destruction of the Faith, headed by Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, the Vatican's expert on kissing, released the declaration Fiducia Supplicans, and yes, it was formally approved by Jorge Bergoglio, also known as Pope Francis. Bam! There goes yet another pope being all Catholic and all that. Yeah, the document is not a response to dubia. It is rather a declaration on the pastoral meaning of blessings, as the official title says. In a total of about 10 pages and 45 paragraphs, Fernandez explains how it is not contrary to divine law to bless a sodomitic couple. As can be expected, the document tries to square the circle by means of insane hair-splitting, and in a preliminary note, Fernandez emphasizes that, of course, this permission to bless a barosexual couples does not constitute in any way an approval of their relationship, nor does it change anything about the Church's perennial doctrine on marriage. Obviously, right? He ends his preliminary note by saying, quote, This declaration is also intended as a tribute to the faithful people of God who worship the Lord with so many gestures of deep trust in his mercy and who, with this confidence, constantly come to seek a blessing from Mother Church, unquote. You know, I have to say that if it's the faithful people of God who want a blessing for their depraved unions, I'd hate to see what the unfaithful people of God might want a blessing for. But anyway, let's look now at some of the salient passages of this new document, Fiducia Supplicans. Oh, by the way, before I do that, let me say something about the title. I'm going to be circumspect here, but after hearing a claim made by a blogger, I decided to check with my professional Latin-English translator, and he confirmed it. Yes, the title of the document, Fiducia Supplicans, translated as Supplicating Trust in the document, is ambiguous and can, it doesn't have to, but it can, have a meaning that is suggestive of the activity that characterizes a natural lust. Now, if you think that's coincidence, I have some oceanfront property to sell you in Kansas. But be that as it may, the declaration is a total of 45 paragraphs, and it takes Fernandez 30 paragraphs to prepare the reader for what's coming in paragraph 31, which reads as follows, quote, Within the horizon outlined here appears the possibility of blessings for couples in irregular situations and for couples of the same sex. 
the form of which should not be fixed ritually by ecclesial authorities to avoid producing confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage. In such cases, a blessing may be imparted that not only has an ascending value, but also involves the invocation of a blessing that descends from God upon those who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help, do not claim a legitimation of their own status, but who beg that all that is true, good, and humanly valid in their lives and their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. These forms of blessing express a supplication that God may grant those aids that come from the impulses of His Spirit, what classical theology calls actual grace, so that human relationships may mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel, that they may be freed from their imperfections and frailties, and that they may express themselves in the ever-increasing dimension of the divine love. Unquote. Okay, so that's the core of the document, and we can summarize as follows. A. Blessings for couples in illicit sexual unions are now possible. B. Such blessings ought not to follow some fixed ritual. We wouldn't want confusion, after all. And C. Such blessings descend from God and are received by people who want God to enrich, heal, and elevate those things in their lives and relationships that are true, good, and valid. And D. Such blessings ask God to send His grace to make their relationship conform more to the gospel. Now, frankly, this is just straight-up blasphemy. Okay? There is nothing in a sodomitic relationship that conforms in any way to the gospel to begin with. Okay, The only thing for that relationship to do is to end, Okay, and it needs to end immediately. Granted, anyone, saint or sinner, can receive a blessing, but we're talking about individuals. In fact, when you go to confession, the first thing you say is, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. The sinner, perhaps more than anyone else, needs God's blessing so he can return to him. Let's recall that God sent his Son to die for us at a time when all of us were still his enemies. See Romans 5, excepting, of course, the Blessed Mother. But even her Immaculate Conception was still dependent on the sacrifice of the cross. God acted first to make our salvation possible, and had he not done so, salvation would not be possible. However, what's being allowed in this new document, and what's being hailed by proponents of immorality as a major step forward, is precisely the blessing of couples in so-called irregular situations. Now, there are a number of stipulations and nuances given in the document to soften the blow, right? But that's just window dressing and will quickly go under when it comes to actual practice. For example, Fiducia Supplicans says that the blessing should be spontaneous, that it should not follow a fixed formula or ritual that it should be considered as a matter of popular piety and not a liturgical act 
etc., etc. Folks, none of these things will ultimately matter because in practice, they will not be followed. And obviously, Francis knows that. But, of course, this provides some nice fodder to the Pope's planers to use in their videos and podcasts so they can yell at you for not having read the document and denounce all those awful abuses that are going to be committed by the evil liberals who are not following the Holy Father. You know what they say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. At this point, they're simply insulting our intelligence. Earlier today, Michael Lofton of Reason and Theology released a video. I haven't watched it, uh, but he released a video entitled, What is Being Blessed? The Couple Itself or the Persons of the Couple? Yeah, so next time you invite a couple over for dinner, don't invite the couple, but the persons of the couple. Hey, honey. Did we invite Erica and Tom, or the persons of Erica and Tom? Hmm. Hey, next it's going to be that, okay, they're blessing the couple, but they're not blessing their relationship. And then, okay, they're blessing the relationship, but not the sinfulness of the relationship. See, they want to bless that in the sinful relationship, which is not sinful. You've got to get with the program. Let me tell you, they're really good at this element stuff. Don't underestimate them on this. In fact, elements come up in paragraph 28 of Fiducia Supplicants. Here's what Fernandez says, quote, There are several occasions when people spontaneously ask for a blessing, whether on pilgrimages, at shrines, or even on the street when they meet a priest. By way of example, we can refer to the Book of Blessings, which provides several rites for blessing people, including the elderly, the sick, participants in a catechetical or prayer meeting, pilgrims, those embarking on a journey, volunteer groups and associations, and more. Such blessings are meant for everyone. No one is to be excluded from them. In the introduction to the order for the blessing of elderly people, for example, it is stated that the purpose of this blessing is, quote, so that the elderly themselves may receive from their brethren a testimony of respect and gratitude, while together with them we give thanks to the Lord for the favors they received from him and for the good they did with his help, unquote. And here, Fernandez continues, In this case, the subject of the blessing is the elderly person for whom and with whom thanks is being given to God for the good he has done and for the benefits received. No one can be prevented from this act of giving thanks. And each person, even if he or she lives in situations that are not ordered to the Creator's plan, possesses positive elements for which we can praise the Lord. Unquote. Now, that was a lot of words, but let me just summarize for you what trick Fernandez is using here to get his foot in the door. He's saying that, hey, we can we can bless groups of people, like the elderly, the sick, group of pilgrims, right? So why not also a group of homos? Right? And so what if it's just a group of two, you Pharisee? 
Yeah, except now Fernandez has shot himself in the foot because you know what I like to say, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If that reasoning permits the blessing of sodomite couples, it will likewise permit the blessing of any and all other types of associations. Remember, he says, no one is to be excluded. No one can be prevented from this act of giving thanks. And each person, even if he or she lives in situations that are not ordered to the Creator's plan, possesses positive elements for which we can praise the Lord. Okay, then, let's see what groups of people we can line up for a blessing from Bergoglio's homo church. The Mafia, the Freemasons, associations of drug dealers, abortionists, pornographers, human trafficking and pedophile rings, etc. Members of the Satanic Temple, the possibilities are endless. Hey, no one is to be excluded. He said no one. No one can be prevented from this act of giving thanks, and each person, even if he or she lives in situations that are not ordered to the Creator's plan, possesses positive elements for which we can praise the Lord. So there. I'm sorry, but logic is merciless. It does not care what you think or how you feel, and in the end, it always wins. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let yourselves be fooled by people who defend Francis for a living. It's pretty obvious what's going on here. The Vatican under Bergoglio's leadership has been taking baby steps to making unnatural vice acceptable in the minds of Catholics, or supposed Catholics. In order for that plan to be successful, they cannot just come out and say, Hey guys, from now on, sodomy is going to be okay, right? No problem. Obviously, they can only do it step by tiny little step, like boiling a frog in water. With each document or each decision, the crack in the door is open just a little bit more, and at each step, his defenders come up with, you know, explanations as to why this particular step, this particular crack, really is totally permissible and orthodox. Don't fall for it. And honestly, so many people did that to defend Francis in the very beginning, in 2013 and 2014. But at this point, a lot of them have given it up because it just doesn't fly. It's simply not reasonable. No, it's not always the media. It's not always the translation. It's not Francis's Latin American background. The problem is Francis, and the problem is Vatican II theology. Francis and his doctrinal undertaker could, if they wanted to, speak very clearly in unmistakable terms. Instead, they offer this wishy-washy saying everything and its opposite declaration that, at the end of the day, tells the world, yes, gay couples can now be blessed. Go ahead. And that is exactly what we're going to see now. And those Novus Ordo priests who refuse will be cancelled, removed, denounced, sued, and persecuted. Francis the Merciful just stabbed them all in the back. And if you think Bake the Cake was bad, you just wait and see what happens when Brian and Steve try to get their homo blessing and Father Ridget tells them no. 
There are going to be some very interesting scenes in the next few weeks. Oh, and pictures, too. You know, just as there will be those who refuse, there will be many more who will comply and do as they're told. So just wait till you see all the images of Father Softy raising his hands over Karen and Alice and Jesse and Robin and Bob and Frank invoking the blessing of God Almighty. Which reminds me, Fiducia Supplicans states that blessings from God are descending in character, and Fernandez mentions in particular the priestly blessing found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, as an example. Fair enough, but what Fernandez doesn't mention is that just as divine blessings descend from God to man, so do other things, and there is another book in the Bible that tells us very candidly what descended from God on people who were habitually engaging in an irregular situation. If you'd like to find out what came down from heaven, you can visit the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in present-day Israel. Or you can just read about it in Genesis chapter 19 with a little bonus in verse 7 of the epistle of St. Jude. Let's just say it wasn't a blessing. Oh, but the doctrine hasn't changed. See, Fiducia Supplicans is clear on that. Yeah, except that's irrelevant. Because in order to obtain the desired effect, the doctrine doesn't need to be changed. Remember, Francis believes in what he calls reality is greater than ideas. You change what is done, and that will determine what people believe. After all, has the dogma of transubstantiation ever been officially changed? Of course not. Now, if you look at the Universal Novus Ordo Catechism of 1992, it clearly teaches the dogma of transubstantiation. How come so few Novus Ordo people believe in it? Because they changed the pastoral practice regarding it. See, if you treat the Holy Eucharist like popcorn for decades, you don't need to change the catechism. People will automatically start believing that it's not the literal body and blood of Christ, because actions always speak louder than words. Likewise, they believe Holy Mass is a meal and not a propitiatory sacrifice, because look at how their Masses are actually conducted. It doesn't matter what it says on the books. Most of them don't remember their religious instruction anyway. Change the practice and the theory will follow, or the theology will follow. That is very much Bergoglio's approach, and not only his, it's really been the approach since Vatican II in many ways. What matters is what is done, because that will determine what is believed their goal is to send as many souls to hell as possible, and for that, changing the doctrine on the books may not be necessary. They might still change it eventually, like Francis did with the death penalty, but it won't be necessary as long as everybody believes and acts in accordance with the pastoral practice. So, don't fall for any of this, but the doctrine hasn't changed business. It doesn't matter. 
By the way, did you know that when Pope Pius XII reduced the mandatory Eucharistic fast to three hours for all, he also said that the ancient fast from midnight should nevertheless still be kept? It just was no longer obligatory? Did you know he also said that those who avail themselves of the lesser three-hour fast ought to live a life of exemplary holiness? Verbatim, he said, quote, Let all who benefit from these faculties do their best to repay the favor received by more shining example of Christian living, especially by works of penance and charity. Unquote. And you can find that in the Motu Proprio Sacrum Communionum of March 19, 1957. Similarly, when anti-Pope Paul VI decreed that you no longer had to abstain from meat on Fridays, except during Lent, did you know he also said that if you choose to have meat on Fridays, you have to do some other penance instead? I'm going to guess you probably didn't know that either, and I don't blame you because these kinds of nuances simply go under. That's just human nature, I guess. Everybody is quick to remember permissions and greater freedom, but few people will recall the fine print with the actual stipulations. So get ready for some really ugly pictures and videos as early as this coming weekend. Oh yeah, and for Christmas, I guess. Boy, Francis sure knows how to wish people a Merry Christmas, doesn't he? But God will not be mocked. You cannot take a sin that cries to heaven for vengeance, and through whatever nuances, evasions, and clever doublespeak, turn it into a sin that cries to heaven for blessings instead. By participating in a blasphemous pseudo-blessing like that, both the aberosexual couple and the presbyter will draw upon themselves not a blessing, but a curse. Tratcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordowatch.org slash donate.